Welcome to the Ready to Buy podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home. Series one is for all of you looking to buy your first home. And whether that's next week, next month, or even next year, we'll walk you through the process and help you build your knowledge, your understanding, and your confidence really help ensure that you have a plan in place and that you're ready to buy when you want to be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited. And with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress-free for all of our clients and we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. We'd love you to get in touch if you'd like some help with your own situation and you can find us at mhcmortgages.co.uk. And to make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe using any podcast app out there, including of course Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode, what does my solicitor do and what do I need to know and do throughout the house buying process? So your solicitor or another name is conveyancer will have a big impact on how smoothly the process goes and they will be with you the next few months and it's so vital that you choose well. Thankfully, the stereotype of the slightly older aged man in a suit, really hard to get hold of, real sense of self-importance and communicating only by post and by letter, that's largely a thing of the past, thankfully. Don't get me wrong, there are still many of those out there, but there are an awful lot of good ones and it really is something that you can control and it's so important to choose wisely. So as we've said before a few times, Take the recommendations of the professionals, whether that be your mortgage broker. Look at reviews. There's so many online tools now to see how other people have fared with these solicitor firms. And some of the key things to look out for are, are they proactive? Are they easy to get hold of? Are they good at communicating? Taking us at MHC Mortgages, for example, we've had a really good relationship with EMG solicitors for the past four years. And I really can't give them any higher praise than to say that they organised the conveyancing, the legal work on our own purchase earlier this year, and they were fantastic. And as a customer, I experienced all of those things. So good communication, kept regularly updated. They were really proactive and things went through very quickly and seamlessly, which really does make the difference and turn what could have been quite a stressful process into a far less stressful and a really positive experience, actually. When it comes to cost as well, I have to say there is a huge variance when it comes to the price of conveyances and solicitors in the legal process. And to give you an example, I've recently organised some quotes for a first-time buyer where the quotes from one solicitor was actually double that of another, which is quite staggering. So it is always worth comparing prices and getting at least two or maybe three comparisons just to sense check the cost. 
Now, what I would say just to be slightly wary of is what are known as panel solicitors. So almost sort of production line solicitor firms, big firms that are set up almost to sort of mass produce conveyancing. So you're one of thousands of other people in a process and it can feel a bit impersonal from my experience. And also there is a danger of actually not being able to get in touch with the right person, being on hold for a long time on the phone and just not being able to get satisfactory updates when you need it. And communication can be difficult. So just be mindful of that, that cheapest isn't always best, but combining your research with reviews and recommendations with a sense check on price is a really good way to go. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Callum at EMG Solicitors. Callum Robertson, he was the conveyancer that organised my own purchase earlier this year, and he's going to share some fantastic insights and really explain the conveyancing process in a really simple and easy to understand way. Thanks so much for joining us today, Callum. It's great to have you here and appreciate it's a really busy time of year. It's, I'm sure it's been your busiest ever year when it comes to uh, conveyancing in, in the, the year that we've had. It's been the most unusual year, that's for sure. Um, I don't think anybody's experienced anything quite like this. No, ab- absolutely. And I think our podcast is very much aimed at first-time buyers, so those looking to get on the market for the first time. So that in itself presents challenges. And I think one of, one of the biggest things that we're trying to do with the Ready to Buy podcast is to help really simplify the process and make things simple and straightforward. And what, uh, as a first-time buyer, naturally our listeners won't have bought a property before. So it's really just a chance to for you to talk them through the process and just explain what happens. So we, we know that conveyancing is the legal process and it's the legal work involved in the buying of property but what actually do you do when a client comes to you from the start do you want to talk us through it yeah well it's going to be for most people it's the biggest purchase that they're going to make in their lives or the biggest investment biggest commitment um so part of it more than anything is making sure that what they're doing is right for them um so to begin with often They'll come to you first of all, after they've been to the estate agents, seeing the properties that they like online. They're working out what they can afford, what they can buy. And it starts from there, I suppose. Um, once they have found the property that they want, that offer's been accepted. That's when, very much when we come into play, uh, we'll be instructed by the client buying the property. Um, and it's very much from that point, that's where all the questions begin as to, what do I need to do? How long is it going to take? Um, what do I need to do, first of all, to make sure that I can buy the property? Um, so from our point of view, once we've had that first conversation with the client to find out what they're buying, um, are they getting a mortgage? What sort of timescales are they looking for? We often ask, have they spoken to the seller directly? What are their sort of timescales? Just to try and get an idea of exactly what everybody's aiming for to begin with because it would be it's no good us saying yep on average it's going to take anywhere between six to eight weeks but that could all depend entirely on what the seller's doing if for example they're buying a new build which isn't going to be ready till next year or they're moving into rented accommodation which isn't going to be sorted for another two or three months 
So part of it's trying to gauge exactly what they're expecting and how quickly things can be done more than anything else. So they've got a realistic timescale in their mind. Um, from that initial conversation, we'll open up a file. They would receive from us our client care letter, um, terms of business and a questionnaire. So the questionnaire that we use is very much a guide for us to give us a good idea of exactly what, who they are, what they do, what they're buying, where the money's coming from and how it's all coming together. So many first-time buyers have ICEs and LICEs, which is something that we need to make sure that we inform them about how they work, how they, how to withdraw the money from them to get the bonuses and gifted deposits, what we need from parents often. Um, to show where the funds are coming from, ID. Um, this year has been rather unusual. Most of the time we'd have met most of our clients who live locally to us. They'd have come to the office, most likely gone through things. Whereas this year, everything's been aimed a lot more towards doing video calls uh, to verify people's ID, um, people going to a, another solicitor or so to get their ID certified or to yourselves to get their ID certified because they can't get to us. Um, that's very much the initial part for us is making sure that we know who the client is, we know who they are, where the money's coming from. It can all change. So although the question is there, they should be aware that things can change. For example, they might need a different mortgage offer, products change, or because of their circumstances, affordability, they've got to go with a different lender. And that's part and parcel of it. So they shouldn't be too concerned that if, for example, they're expecting to go with Halifax straight away, if things change, that's absolutely fine. There's no need to panic on that side. Um, once we've got that sort of information, the steps which are normally going on in the background while they're doing that is the estate agents will have most likely verified who they are, made sure they've got a mortgage in principle and can proceed to buy the property. Uh, the estate agents will issue to us the memorandum of sale to say who the buyer is who the seller are who the solicitors are from there as we'd be acting for the purchase we normally send an initial letter very much just to confirm that we're instructed by them we're purchasing the property at this value and that's the confirmation for the seller solicitors to get everything to us um now there isn't really a time scale of how quickly we'll get that information from the seller or the seller solicitor so firms do it very differently Sometimes we'll get the initial title information and contract for the property um, and the property information forms that the seller fills out, they'll come to us afterwards. Or sometimes we've got to wait until the sellers receive them in the post, fill them out, return them to the solicitor, and then they're sent to us. So it can be a case of it can happen within two or three days. Everything comes in very quickly. Or depending on how quickly things progress with the seller, it could be two or three weeks before we get anything. Um, from that point, that's really where we've got some information for the property. Um, the title for the property, we'll be going through everything to make sure that the legal title is as it should be so that they won't have any issues coming to sell the property. As part of that, we carry out the searches uh, with our search provider, which is more often than not, it's an environmental search to make sure there's nothing, no contaminated land, nothing that would affect the property. Where we are in the northeast, a call search is carried out without any doubt just because of where we are in the sort of mining area just to make sure there's nothing that affects the property again. A water and drainage search is carried out as well. Um, 
that's very much to make sure that everything's connected as it should be to the mains, to the sewerage, uh, but also to make sure there aren't any public sewers running through the boundaries of the property. So that can be so if somebody's built an extension to the property, it's to make sure it's not been built over, or if it has, all the necessary agreements are there in place. But also, if the clients are looking to extend in the future, building their own conservatory extensions to make sure that they know what they've got so that if they do need to apply to the, the water board, they can get that information quite quickly and they have an idea of the process to do that as and when they get around to that time. Um, and most importantly for the searches, it's a local search. That's the one that will take the longest and it varies from council to council how long that can take. If you'd spoke to me 18 months ago, most councils would have got that back within two or three weeks. Currently, there's waiting times of anywhere between four weeks uh, to 12 weeks for some of these local searches coming back. Uh, but that local search very much includes everything for the planning, permissions for the property, building control, any constraints in the property, so if it's in a conservation area, for example, anything that would potentially affect them. Uh, in the future for the property, what they were doing, whether if they were looking to do some works, for example, they might need further consents. Um, but also the property information forms that the seller fills out, that gives us very much the basis of all the information for the property of boundaries, responsibilities, electrics, gas, um, planning, any works they've carried out to the property, insurance claims, those questions are all in there. So. If a seller leaves it very blank, everything's not known, a local search might come in and show that there's been planning permission uh, put in for the property six months ago, so which that would generate some more questions as to why that wasn't revealed. Um, more than anything, it's we can only, from our point of view, it's making sure that the legal title's as it should be. So if they come to sell it or remortgage it, they're not going to have any problems. But part of the process, which is for them, as a buyer themselves, knowing what they're buying, they've got to be happy with the condition of the property. So things like the electrics and boilers, sellers aren't obliged to have them serviced or tested, but it's something that would normally recommend that they check beforehand, uh, often with a home buyer survey, and they can have different levels of that as to how in-depth they want it to be, whether they want it to be a full structural survey or not. The thing is just to make sure that more than anything else, if they're buying the property, they know what they're buying, so quite often first-time buyers, the budget's quite tight. The money that's been saved is going into this property. So coming across lots of remedial work that needs to be done afterwards can be quite costly and something that they can't do straight away. So knowing, for example, there's £1,200 worth of work that needs doing to the property, for example, uh, possibly pointing to the outside of the property, guttering that might need replacing because it's damaged. If they understand what they're coming across and they can do that in their own time and they're happy with that, it's fine. But it's buying a property, moving in, finding out your boiler's being condemned, you need to replace it straight away. Or there's some other dam damage to the property, damp issue that's going to cause a huge issue. Those things can sort of build up. Um, and that's what we want to make sure that buying the property, they know what they're buying and they're not going to have any issues. Um, so they can move in unpack and enjoy the property more than anything else. Um, so it's, it can be quite difficult. It's always guesswork until you see what comes in. Until we get that initial contract pack and those property information forms, it's very difficult to to tell anybody what it's going to be because every property is different more than anything else.
Absolutely. And I guess it really shows the importance from a from a client perspective of, of them completing their paperwork as quickly as possible and getting it straight back to you. Absolutely. Um, a lot of things we do now can be done online by email through DocuSign. So it can be done quite quickly. Whereas two years ago, relying on things going out in the post, it was never reliable enough to say that you're going to have it back within three days. Um, more so now the postal service it's not always the quickest um second class stamps a lot of firms use those because it's a cost saving effect as well and that can add a bit of time onto it as well yeah sure and i suppose something that that we do at mhc mortgages we work a lot with you callum don't we and and we recommend you to a, a lot of our clients and so we'll try and provide you with as much information as possible um documentation so whether that's certified identification proof of address deposits and things like that which can be which can really help the process and speed the process up at the start it can make it a lot easier just because it can take away that initial wait waiting for id coming in um because we're heavily regulated so sometimes we can't we can't do any work until we have that id essentially uh, we have to identify the our client first before we can actually do any work Definitely not a silly question. Each episode, we like to answer a question that I might have been asked by a client this week because something that we don't know, no matter how big or small, particularly when it comes to money, mortgages and finance, will cause unnecessary stress. So I say to all of my clients, there really genuinely are no silly questions. And so the question this week I've been asked My dad said, always choose a local conveyancer. That way you can always go into their office and speak to them if there are any problems. Is this right? Well, there's no right or wrong answer here. And my recommendation would be to find a solicitor that you like and trust to represent you. It's more important to find a solicitor that's going to be good at communicating, is going to be responsive and really proactive. So location isn't actually such a problem, I would say, or consideration, because given the technology, you may well find that you don't actually meet your solicitor or your conveyancer face-to-face anyway. So doing your homework, like we've said, to look at reviews and find a good one and one that you can trust is more important than choosing one in your local town. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, anything at all, please get in touch through my LinkedIn page, I'm Mark Humphrey, or via the MHC Mortgages page on Facebook. Not only will I come back to you nice and quickly with an answer, but I promise to try and share your question in future episodes, because you can be sure if you're thinking that question, there'll be plenty of other people thinking exactly the same questions. Now, there are a couple of things that I need to tell you as we're talking money and mortgages. It's important to seek advice for your own individual circumstances, okay? And whilst it might seem really obvious, a mortgage is a loan secured on your home, and your home may be repossessed if you don't keep up your mortgage payments. So in other words, if you have a mortgage or when you get a mortgage, pay it on time, you'll be fine. So what, what happens next? The searches are back with you. What, where do we go from there? 
once everything's back, um, all the searches are back, any sort of inquiries that we've asked in the meantime, any questions that the clients have, um, they can have all sorts of questions and we can certainly ask anything that they want. Once we've got all of that back, it's very much looking to agree a date with the, with the sellers, um, which can be quite straightforward if it's just a, if there's no chain. If there is a chain, it can sometimes take longer because everybody in the chain has to agree the same date. Um, once the date's agreed, the next point of call is really to exchange contracts. Um, as a first-time buyer, although the offer's been accepted at the estate agents, nobody's legally committed to buying or selling that property until it actually exchanges, which leaves, as awful as it sounds, it leaves both the buyer and seller at risk of, at any point, either party pulling out. If, for example, something changes, whether it be circumstances or they found another property or being gazumped. Um, so it's really trying to get everybody under contract very quickly so that once everything's there as it should be, they know it's definitely going to happen on a certain date. Uh, it gives them the peace of mind that they can book removals, they can plan uh, deliveries, things like that, so that they can actually move into the property knowing that everything's in place as it should be. Um, this year, the last 18 months, it's been very difficult for that because of COVID more than anything else. People have been unwilling to commit to anything until very much the last minute uh, just because they didn't want to put themselves at risk or commit themselves to a purchase if something were to change in that timescale between them. So it can be done. You can exchange weeks, months in advance, um, and then you know it's definitely happening. Or it can all happen a couple of days beforehand. Or if there's issues with ensuring that mortgage funds are going to be issued, getting redemption figures further up the chain, it can all be done very quickly, simultaneously on the same day. So sometimes it can be that everybody's agreed to complete by the end of the month, but we can't actually exchange until a couple of days beforehand. If, for example, somebody's waiting for some information, there's money got to come in from a nice... Uh, there can be all sorts of things to delay it on that side. Absolutely. And I suppose to reassure our sort of keen uh, first-time buyers, it, it doesn't happen too often, does it, where it falls apart prior to exchange? No, not at all. Um, I think because we look at everything as a worst-case scenario to make sure that everything's there as it should be, we have to sort of go through the risk of until you actually do exchange you're not legally committed to buying that property similarly so if they go to buy a property and it's not what they want they have got the option to walk away uh it doesn't happen very often but it can happen um nine times out of ten once you've that offer's been accepted and things are progressive everything falls in place as it should do it may not necessarily happen on the, the exact date that they want it may be two or three weeks later depending on what other people are doing in the chain but from that point, everything normally falls in place quite quickly from there. Uh, but there is always that risk, which we, we do go through it, so that they know not to be completely too disheartened if something changes. Perfect. And so prior to exchange, what are you going to need from the from your clients? So prior to exchange, when I've got the questionnaire or the ID, we'll have the mortgage offer in place um, from yourselves, for example. We'll send that to the clients to make sure that the offer that we receive matches what they've received uh, and it's what they're expecting. As we're going towards exchanging, for example, it's going to be exchanging and completing two or three weeks later. 
before we can exchange, we'll need usually the 10% value of the property as a deposit to exchange. Um, that 10% value of the property might not necessarily be what matches for the mortgage offer. For example, if they're borrowing a bigger loan to value ratio, but for the contracts, it's always a 10% deposit. And that is essentially what they'd be putting at risk if, for example, we'd exchange and then they wish to pull out afterwards. If they changed their mind and didn't want to go ahead, that's what they'd potentially be putting at risk that the, the buyer would keep. Similarly, if we do exchange and the seller decided that they didn't want to complete, we would sue them for that deposit. So although they wouldn't have the property, they'd have their deposit back plus another 10% on top of that. So once you do exchange, it's very, very rare that anybody pulls out because there's that financial commitment. Yeah, and that and that is that's such a, a key milestone, isn't it? Exchanging contracts, like you said, it it's everybody's legally bound to proceed, and like you said, there in in many many circumstances, it's it's that step just before completion, which is usually a few days or possibly a week um, following on from exchange. Very much so. Um, it's that's the point where you know that something's definitely going to be happening. Um, Everything could be put in place until that point, but until you actually exchange, you don't know it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, and and so from the mortgage side, like we've explained before, the mortgage lender will tend to release the funds to you after you've requested them, of course, but they'll re- release the funds to you the day before you're due to complete? Quite often, yes. Um, and that's just to make sure that, because often the first time by you're at the very bottom of the chain, that's just to ensure that we have all that money first thing in the morning so that we can get you the keys as early as possible that day. Um, if there isn't a chain as such, things can be done by half past nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it might be towards about lunchtime, depending on how quickly the sellers actually do move out. Um, it's very much the case. Technically, as soon as the seller solicitors receive the funds from us, that property is legally theirs. They own that property. However, removals coming in, they've got till about one o'clock to move out most most of the time. Uh, so if there's any delays, they've got to wait a little bit, unfortunately. But quite most of the time, that's not the case. Everybody's packed and ready to move without any issues. Excellent. So as I experienced just two or three months ago, albeit not buying for the first time, clients would get a call from you to say, right, we're all done. Go and pick the keys up from the estate agent. Very much so, yes. So it can be arranged between the clients, between the buyer and the seller directly, and everybody will have the keys and things before we even know it. We normally recommend not to do that on the basis that you're putting yourself at risk if you get the keys beforehand and something happens to the property, that fault will then fall on you. So there is a risk. Um, Nine times out of ten, that doesn't happen, but it's very much as soon as they receive the money, property belongs to them and they can get the keys nine times out of ten there and then from the estate agents straight away fantastic and that really is when the fun really starts for our first-time buyers and from from i guess from from your perspective so what what else is there for you to do behind the scenes so in between money coming from our clients to buy the property ensuring that we've got the full balance um the mortgage money's coming in We've got all the checks to do with the solicitors to make sure that they are who they say they are. We've got to check the bank details. Um, 
we get their undertakings that any mortgages that are currently on the property are paid off so that they're buying it free from any charges that belong to somebody else. Um, once they do get the keys and it all completes, the money's been sent, that's very much it from their point of view. They don't need to do anything else. But from our side, um, we still need have to get the the not the contracts, the transfer, which is what, what we use to register the property in their name at land registry from the seller solicitor. Uh, we'll normally get all the original documents from the seller solicitors two or three days afterwards as well. Um, we've also got to do a stamp duty return, even though they're a first-time buyer and they may not have any stamp duty liability. We still have to do a return to confirm that they are a first-time buyer um, for land registry purpose and for HMRC. Uh, that's got to be registered with land registry, which can take anywhere from a week to three or four weeks for that to be returned registered. So to show their title deeds and their name can take a bit longer, uh, but it will be backdated to show that as of the day that they got the keys, that's the date completed. Um, but there's still quite a lot of bits and pieces for us to do in the background that probably of no interest to them, but it's what we've got to do to ensure that that property is in their name, their mortgage is registered as it should be, uh, and it's all transferred to them. Absolutely. And that that is a really good message there, I think, Callum, in that, from a, a first-time buyer's perspective, there's an awful lot that goes on behind the scenes that you do that they don't need to know about. Um, and essentially, it's all about them organizing the bits that they need to do. Most of that's at the start, like we said. So it's completing your questionnaire. If they need to provide any identification, if there are any forms or bits for them to fill in, if there's any questions that you raise with them just to make sure that they do it in a timely fashion. And really that's their end of the bargain and your end of the bargain is doing all of the, the, the complex legal bits behind the scenes and everything will fall into place. Very much so. One final thing, is there any sort of little nugget of, of wisdom that you can share that is going to help people's uh, experience and, and make it that little bit smoother? The thing that they can do more than anything else, um is if they're concerned with anything, anything whatsoever, whether it be something that the sellers told them directly, the agents have told them uh, that they're not sure of at any point is to give either us a call or speak to you, for example, because it's better to know that sooner rather than leaving it to the very last minute. So if there's something that they're not quite sure about, they're not happy with, ask it straight away because it can be dealt with quicker rather than it being left to the last minute and things not being exactly what they wanted. Um, that can be anything down to a boiler needing to be serviced because they're not sure about it. For example, they've been to the property. It looks a little bit old. They're not really sure. The seller's not going to have it serviced because they're not obliged to. It might be something that they book in to get serviced themselves. Um, and planning that in advance is always a good thing to do. Um, I'd say the best advice is not to sit on anything is to come to us straight away to say, this is my concern, or I want to have this question the queried so that it can be done in a, earlier rather than later. Yeah, great, great advice. And um, I know from experience with working with, with you guys, particularly that you're very proactive. And, and like you say, I would say a similar thing to my clients that actually there's no silly questions, ask and we can resolve and, and clarify. So, Thanks so much, Callum. Really appreciate your time. I know you've got a busy day ahead. And so we'll leave you in peace. Thank you very much.
No, you're welcome. So thanks again to Callum there. It's been fantastic to hear almost from the horse's mouth, if we can say that. So in summary from today, so important to choose a good solicitor. As we said at the start, do your research, read reviews, look at testimonials and compare price. Once the process starts, provide your information, your documentation, and you'll have a conversation with your solicitor up front just so that everybody's clear about what you're trying to achieve and what timescales you're working to. Your solicitor will liaise with the seller's solicitor and they'll organise the searches and do all of the work in the background and come back to you with any questions. So again, just make sure you're proactive or reactive and, and answer questions as and when they arise. And don't sit on questions if you've got them get back in touch either with your solicitor or with your mortgage broker there will be a lull we've said it and it happens and every time there'll be a lull in proceedings it will feel like nothing's happening but it will be it'll all be happening in the background and actually that's a really good time to make sure everything's in order that you organize your insurances you look at protecting yourself and really consider your options carefully and then we get to exchange exchange of contracts means that everybody's then committed legally to go through and complete the sale and purchase which is fantastic and then completion follows usually very shortly afterwards it's all yours your solicitor will tidy up all of the bits in the background again you don't need to worry too much about that but the fun can really start you're the brand new owner or the new owner of your new property you can go in and you can start to make it your own Thanks so much for listening today. I really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. We'd love you to join us next time when we'll be discussing protecting yourselves and your loved ones. In the meantime, you can help us reach and help many, many more people like yourself by leaving a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels. So until next time, take care.